surprised that just hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I'm many things, but uh, I am a decent producer in all fairness. With that being said, I um, hope you enjoyed episode uh, 54. It was a right hoot nanny. Uh, it was a really good one. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, one of our best ever episodes. Yeah. Dan laughed twice. Welcome to Myths. I'm Matt Huss. And I'm Dan Rhodes. Whether you know about Theseus or you're revising your syllabus. If you want tales with a bit of jest or you just want to hear about incest. What? What? It's really interesting. Welcome to Miss. Welcome to Miss. Hello! And welcome to episode 50 plus 4. <laughs> 50 plus 4 and 50 plus 4, episode 54. And uh, what a grand time to be alive. What a great time to be alive. Um, you know, there are a lot of people, like, you know, back in the day, they're like, um, it wasn't as good in the past, was it? You know? No, it like, wasn't as good in the past. There was, like, malaria. Um, Still the, malaria now. The plague then. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, they didn't have iPhones back in the day, did they? No. So this is, and now, because of the future, like, I bet people in the past are like, oh, I wish I had a mythical-based podcast I could listen to. Like, Dave, what's a podcast? Shut up. You know what I mean? Like, mm. uh, the, the future's great. Mm. Last week, to commemorate th- episode 53, we discussed celebrities that died age oh, 53. Oh, God, no, no. So today, we're going to discuss celebrities that are born age 54. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just thankful for... Just so thankful you didn't go down that route. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes, you know, some people do bore out a husband, so... Uh, bore out husbands, yeah. Imagine if you give birth to a 54-year-old oh, man. man. But yeah. not, like, not just a 54-year-old man, but a 54-year-old celebrity as well. Like, yeah. man, get my scotch, please. <laughs> uh, if, okay, if you had to give birth to a person who wasn't zero, how old, like, both 10 years old, how old do you reckon they should be? Well, it depends if they've got some kind of dwarfism. That would help because it means they'd be smaller. Okay, that's not going to... Okay, this is already bad. <laughs> bad, bad, a bad angle. Uh, just pick a number, Dan, and just enjoy the mirth of it and we'll move on. Don't have to bring dwarfism into it. No, maybe someone who's like 21. Oh, okay. But then again, I don't think they'll be that grateful. No, but I think they're old enough to kind of already have their shit together, but young enough that you can still kind of mould them to be a human being. You can enjoy their company quite a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, I like that, yeah. I would choose 60, because uh, you have a chance of outliving them. Mm, that's true. Did I mean that? I don't know. This is the fourth <laughs> podcast we've done today. Because <laughs> people, people give birth to children just to give, just outlive them. Well, no, I just, yeah, okay. Okay, All right, shall I say a serious answer? Because I feel like yeah. I have to cut that bit. <laughs> At what age? I think I'd probably choose like, yeah, probably like, I think fifteen, because then, like, I don't know. I think that you can enjoy them, but at like, now they're gonna be really moody. Actually, this is an awful question. Why do I ask it? This is the weirdest question. Uh, what's the weirdest question you can ask me, Dan, right now? What is can't get any weirder than what is the old? <laughs> well, then again, it's like if you remember the <laughs> what was that really funny one? Happened? If you had to have sex with any animal, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would it be? <laughs> is your is your feelings changed? <laughs> if you have to marry an animal, what would it be? That's um, different from pure lust. Oh, this, really this is honestly the weirdest yeah. podcast we've done. Anyway, yeah. If you have to marry an animal. Okay. I've got a question for you. You have to kill one of the following cats. Oh no no, don't don't ask me this. This is like my Cricket tonight. Uh, Minnesota is the name of it. That's my cat. Minnesota, Mousy. Who is the cat I look after? Or Portia, your dad's cat. 
okay. You have to murder one of those cats. I don't want to kill any of those cats. You have to murder one of them. I'd rather kill a human. <laughs> I think you actually would. Probably. I'd rather yeah. kill a human. Okay, what... Okay, how many cats do I have to kill? Just one of the three. Probably Portia. Probably yeah. Portia. But she is also the youngest, though. So uh, she has more... And she's the cutest. You reckon she's the cutest? Mm, no, she was definitely the softest cat of the three. Can you describe... Because the listener probably has zoned out of this, but what would describe my cats, if you can? Well, your cat it looks like pretty much the most standard cat you've ever seen. What? She, uh, no, she's not. She, is she a, has quite nice green eyes. Uh, she's like a tiger. Like a tiger. I, in fact, when I was, um, yeah, when I first got her, we got like um, we used to do the Lion King section on her, like the circus. Then your dad's cat Porsche is like a grey, very fluffy, very, very soft, young cat, uh, well. uh, good-looking cat. Um, I think, and Mousy is a black and white. She's about twelve years old, quite old, and yeah. she's the most affectionate cat yeah, in the world. Bit, bit podgy. <laughs> See, Dan's a lot different from me because, like, uh, we went to go and feed Portia earlier, and Dan, Dan, Dan was like, uh, "I see that you have you struggle saying goodbye to cats." I was like, "Yeah, because I'm not a fucking robot like you." Because <laughs> Dan, 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 I feel like I'm too compassionate with cats, and you aren't compassionate enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I like cats a lot, but at the end of the day, they're a cat, aren't they? So I like stroke it and fuss it, but then when we got to go, we got to go. <laughs> Matt, or me, I feel you feel, you feel bad yeah, saying goodbye for sure, to them. Yeah. Like, I don't think they have the concept that they within ten seconds you're leaving, they'll be back to licking their balls. They really don't care. <laughs> but when Dan first met Mousy for the first time, uh, and bear in mind like these people, I I have a high regard for these cats than my own family members. Uh, so Dan was like, "Oh, she's a bit podgy." I was like. Cut that tongue out of your mouth, youngster! I don't actually get offended that often, but I was like, you can't say that about her, that's awful! That's, it's like, I was like, don't, don't, um, Mousy, you're a beautiful young lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I think I'm overly protective of cats. Yeah. Other than cats, though, Matt, how's your life going? Uh, yeah, I, I just realised in that moment, I'm probably a crazy cat person, aren't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely a crazy cat person. If I yeah. don't get a girlfriend soon! Yeah. I've, How many people do you think zoned out during that cat conversation? All the dog people. <laughs> um, no, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, my life's been pretty good. Uh, I, yeah, just going from front this front to the moment, been pretty positive. Although I do have to go to a funeral later this week, so... That's pretty sad. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. I, I don't think it's the vibe. But, Dan, I never reached... Well, you're saying this comedy podcast isn't the right vibe to talk about a funeral. Going. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of what we talk about anyway. <laughs> I mean, I think... We talk about all aspects of life in this podcast. It's predominantly comedy, but we, we're also very honest in yes. ourselves. Well, I'm very honest in my life. Mr. Robo Origami over here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt, before we um, inevitably uh, segue over to a actual myth, the reason people came here for... Um, <laughs> Wait, this isn't the Cats podcast. Um, I've just realised that the pen I'm holding is one of those like blue peril f- beryl felt tips that you get in school. Yeah. I haven't seen one of these since primary school. Uh, what was your question, sorry? No, I was just saying that. I just wanted to let you know that I haven't seen one of these since oh, primary school. Nice. There was nothing else to that. Oh. I just wanted to let you know. Well, thank you for telling me that. I didn't know these existed outside of the educational establishments. Dan, we have an email. Would you like to hear it? I would like to hear it. Who's it from? Well, you may not know her name, but it is Chris Rhodes. It's Chris mom. Rhodes, my dad. <laughs> Who I did think was your dad when you first emailed him. That was very embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. What, I forgot my mum's first name. Skip over that, it's fine. <laughs> Firstly, uh, I hope you're doing well, Chris. Uh, Chris is a serial emailer, and uh, and I have to say, she's 
Like, we had some really great emails, but uh, she is honestly one of the funniest people that emails in. And we, there's a lot of context to this email, because Chris likes to respond to what... Because we talk to her through the podcast, and she responds through here. Firstly, uh, I'll read out what she says. Hi, Matt and Dan. Thank you so much for my birthday song, It Made Me Giggle. Because we made... Uh, we did a, a version, song, version of the Miss yeah, yeah. podcast, uh, yeah. which we spent... A lot of time on, but not enough time on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that horrible middle area. Yeah, well, I think this podcast rise, really. <laughs> uh, it, I thought it was brilliant, and it made me feel special. Lots of kisses. Which is really sweet. Like, it's nice. I, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, and during the podcast, uh, there's a running joke that uh, Dan and I have that uh, a, para, a past paramour of mine uh, once... Uh, broke up with me because of my ha- length of my haircut. And I once appealed to Chris saying, oh, isn't Dan a little bit harsh, you know? Well, isn't Dan a bit harsh for saying that, you know? Uh, maybe uh, showing my hair wasn't the case. But <laughs> Chris has responded, Matt, you asked me to comment on Dan's comment on your hair slash girlfriend, but I need to see a picture of your hair in order to do that. <laughs> I'm very much programmed to analyse evidence before making a decision. See, I was kind of hoping that uh, she would say, that, oh, no, you're very beautiful the way you are. What she said here is, no, I need evidence first. <laughs> uh, so what I'm going to do, um, I'm going to find a picture of me at that time and send it over to you. Uh, and Chris, I want you to let me know uh, if you think it is. And also, I'll, we'll put on the Misfits page. So if you think my hair was too long, maybe let me know. This is genuinely traumatic, but like, it, c- it could be funny. could be funny, yeah. We'll do a, yeah, a poll. Is that better looking with or without long hair? I think, I think it'll be an overwhelming... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, will it though? Because like, I think I'm broadly <laughs> someone else, <laughs> someone else hacks into the system to become an administrator just so he can set up a third poll that says neither, <laughs> and then that gets the most. That'd be funny. Uh, so, Chris, I'll send it over to you over the email, and if anyone else wants a picture of my face, um, you're, you're welcome to. Uh, anyway, uh, love from Chris Dashmon XX. Thank you, Chris. It's such a pleasure to hear from you as ever. Uh, and do keep those emails coming in. Where can people email us, Dan? Mixpodcast at gmail.com And if you want to send us some cat pictures, or pictures of your cat, please do it. I'll love it. Dan will fucking hate it. But, Dan, shall we crack on? Let's crack on. What was it? Third part of the Odyssey. What? (laughs) It sounded like we were falling on well there. (laughs) Welcome to the Odyssey. Where we meet a man stranded at sea. Searching for home with varying success. Why didn't he just book a National Express? All right, but buddies, <laughs> isn't this, so? This is part two of part three. Part what? two, what of a podcast in which we're going to do part three of the Odyssey? Oh, I see. This is section the second section. Second of- section of a podcast episode. Where we do part three. Why did you have to it say that? It makes sense in my head. No, it, honestly, it, that's, basically we're doing the third part of the Odyssey. Uh, what happened in the pre, uh, some, brief summary? Do it. Are you going to want a brief summary? Or are you going to do, am I going to do a summary? You're going to shout at me again like you always do. Can you, right, what, can you say a summary in ten words? Ten words. Ooh, this is a challenge. I should try and do this every episode because it will be difficult. Ten, ten paragraphs. <laughs> how about how about do it in thousand words? Do it in um, do it in twenty words and ten, then five and one. Okay, so twenty words. Twenty words. Can you keep a score, please? I can't count. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I love how you looked around for something yeah, to use and then remembered you had <laughs> fingers. <laughs> um, in bad at mash, mate. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what 
left you. Can't remember where things are. <laughs> okay, so go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Odysseus one uh, got captured by Calypso, returning home from Trojan War. That's ten. That's yep. Okay. He has since been found. But what happened to him? Question mark. You, you can't on the right. You missed out the Phaeacian people and they had like, the games. The fight, North that was the, 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 the founding. Yeah, okay. So do that in ten words now. Oh my good God. That probably was it hard. Sense. That was, was hard. hard. Um, it, what's his name? Odysseus. Is this it? You keep on saying Oedipus, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I keep on saying Oedipus. Or Ulysses in Roman. Yeah, should we clarify that quickly? Just clarify that. Uh, so, uh, Odysseus is the Greek version of the name, and Ulysses is the Roman version of the name. So, um, you, if you see Ulysses, like in the Aeneid, it means Odysseus. Okay, ten, ten word recap. Odysseus has had a difficult time. Let's find out why. I like it because for the last portion of Bowen so far, it's kind of like it, it, you're previewing it, even though it's a recap. Yeah, you're like, yeah. see what happens in the future. Yeah. Okay, one word. One. Uh, should we, no, sorry, should we, should we do five and one? Five words. Five. Odysseus was on an island. <laughs> you're getting less. <laughs> okay. One, okay, one word. Yeah. Journey. That's actually really good. Mm. Uh, I would love to know if anyone, anyone understood that recap. <laughs> I mean, firstly, you should understand that recap, listeners, because hopefully you're here because you've listened to the other two yeah, parts. But imagine it's like a week ago. But imagine it's like a week ago. So basically, uh, he's found on this island of Phaeacia, uh, helped by Nausicaa, uh, after being trapped on the island. He's set free by Club So Basically, he um, people revel in his stories, and they ask him to tell a story at this feast. And basically, uh, Odysseus gets a bit teary-eyed, and he's about to tell a story of the last ten years. Because he's life. just been captured for the last ten years, yeah. and he's had his. Didn't he swim for like he was on a raft for seventeen days, and then swam yeah. two days through the ocean to find this place, Phoenicia? So we see him uh, at the end, uh, ten years after the end of the uh, Trojan War, and basically we're going to see what happened to him at the, yeah. uh, after he left Troy. Yeah. Someone, so, so, someone said to him, "Hey, Odysseus, why, why are you crying, mate?" Why, why he looks so sad? And he's like, take a seat, guys. Yeah, it's gets... gonna be a long story. <laughs> and yeah, so um, this uh, we we're heading to book nine now. And from books nine to twelve, uh, these chapters essentially they are the adventure books. And these adventure books are kind of the the fantastical elements of the Odyssey. Like uh, in, in the Iliad, his ordeals, basically. Yeah, basically the mo- the most famous parts of his journey in here. So we're gonna learn all about them, and we're gonna focus on. We'll talk about his journey in chronological order, but we're going to focus on a certain uh, person today, as you probably guessed from the title of the episode. But, shall we crack on, then? Let's crack on. Whoosh! Oh, it's the, epi- it's the return of the episode whip. The Odysseus whip? The Odysseus whip. The, re- the return of it that never... I bet we're never going to remember never that. Never remember that. <laughs> it's now episode four. Beagle. It's trumpet. So here's the start of book nine. Odysseus reveals his name and homeland to Alcinous, uh, and says uh, Calypso held him against his will prior to his arrival. At the end of uh, the last episode, he announces his name, which he uh, hadn't got round to doing as well, but uh, which is kind of weird. Anyway, he traces his route after Troy. He tells all the stories. After- 
After his crew plundered Ismeros, a coastal town off the uh, Kikones, they fought the army of the Kikones as well. They lost many men by this time. His 12 ships sailed away. So he only has 12 ships. Mm. And they suffered a great storm the next day, few days at sea. Uh, so he survived the battle with the Kikones. On the 10th day, they reached the island of the Lotus Eaters, a peaceful people who eat the sweet, pleasure-producing plant, the lotus. Three of Odysseus's men eat the lotus and wish to remain there, but Odysseus forces them back onto the ship and sails off again. Now, Dan, uh, this is quite a big myth, which is kind of really, really condensed down, so can you tell us a little bit more about the lotus eaters? The Lotus Eaters, it's a, an island where there's mostly the plant, lotus. the lotus. Have you ever had a lotus? Before? No, I haven't. It's like a, there's lotus biscoff as well. Mm. Have you ever had a biscoff mm. biscuit? No. Vegan? I don't know why that's entertaining you. <laughs> um, basically, the people there eat lotuses, hence they're called the Lotus Eaters, and they find Odysseus's men and they make them eat a lot of the plants. And then they decided to make them eat the fruit of the plant, which is intoxicating um, or toxic. And it makes them kind of um, go a bit hallucinogenic and it makes them forget their home and where they are. Yeah. So it makes them want to stay with the people on the island. It's a massively addictive drug. It's like a hallucinogenic. It's, oh, it's very... So like, they take it and they're like tranquil. Like, whoa, man. Uh, yeah. And they, uh, they very much want to stay there as well. Yeah, and they're like, whoa, I don't want to leave. This place is cool. And it makes them forget where they are, basically. Yeah. And it makes Look, them... The lotus eaters, and they kind of you forget what time it is as well. Yeah. Like if you have a lotus, like come on, mate, we'll get back on the ship. And Odysseus notices that they're drugging them, and he makes them stop and get back yeah. on the ship. Uh, he's an effective AA counselor. Isn't yeah. He? Um, so yeah, but is there anything more to do with that? Or uh, oh, three stay. That was about it. So he's down three yeah. men. Down three men on his twelve ships. Yeah. But twelve ships is decent, you know. It's decent, yeah. But next is the headliner of our uh, myth podcast. Uh, oh, sorry, just to clarify, sorry, three of the men are the ones that eat the fruit, but then the others realise that they're intoxicated, so they, they all go back on the ship. Odysseus, they all dra- the men drag the other th- the three drugged people back onto the ship, and they realise, this is a bit sketchy, I think they're drugging us. Um, yeah, and they kind of want them to stay there as well. Yeah. And I think, as I remember, they chase, like, because they realise they're escaping, they chase them out, like, hey, what are you doing, leaving our place? And stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a bit of a... And, and have you ever seen Percy Jackson? No. Because they, they do... Is, Percy Jackson is like a very... A cheap Hollywood version of like myth stuff. But they, they, the way they... They do a really clever interpretation of it. It's like you're inside of a casino and you can't... Not really sure what time it is, if you know what I mean. Like you, you, they're there for days and they realise yeah. they've been eating lotus plants. They're like, yeah. oh wait, uh, we've been here for ages. Yeah. Uh, and it's an effective way to kind of stop people, if you know what I mean. Like pot. <laughs> <laughs> so next is the headliner of our myth. So these twelve ships, they sail and sail, and they reach a little uh, little island, uh, and they they're really hungry. These men, and they see a lot of goats on these islands. Like, oh yeah, why don't we stop off, hunt some goats and stuff like that? So they, all the twelve ships park up. <laughs> As a gym boat specialist, you kind of know that how to reverse park. Yeah. Um, with a, so they park up on Goat Island and they realise uh, they hunt a couple of goats uh, Odysseus is a good leader he, he's able to feed his men stuff like that but they realise hey there's some bigger spoils afoot uh, they realise that if, around the corner there's a couple of um, couple of caves so he reaches this island uh, the next day Odysseus' men feast on plentiful goats on a deserted fertile island across from the mainland of the Cyclopses so they see the Cyclops Island as yeah. well the day after, uh, Odysseus and his crew cross the mainland to meet the Cyclopes. 
so they kind of sneak in. They go into uh, the sneak in, they, and uh, bear in mind these cyclops are massive, hum- uh, like huge, mi- massive giants with one eye. You know, do you know any giants or uh, cyclops? Is no. I didn't mean in real life. I mean, do you know any? Uh, do you know the story of this? Well, I do now because we've. Uh, I know the name Polythemus. <laughs> now, have you never heard the story? Before? No, I haven't. Genuinely, no, no. Uh, I know of this. I know Cyclops, but you don't know the story. No, no. Oh man, you're, I thought this is like a very famous myth. Oh my god, you're gonna enjoy this. Um, is it basically like the BFG? The size of the BFG, but more like big, Fugly. fucking. <laughs> Scary giant. So they're, they're Odysseus and about twelve of his best men. Uh, they didn't want to take the whole ships because they didn't. Well, they didn't want the vibe was. So what would they do? So they sneak inside the cave. This massive cave. And uh, as you can imagine, um, these cyclopes. There's about twelve of them on the island, and there's loads. And they have all their own different caves. And because they're massive people, they have these big blocks of cheese, massive gallons of wine, and the, they do something really rude here. They walk in and start eating, stuffing their faces full of these food. So, they notice that this, this guy, is, uh, this massive brutal man, is stuck in this field. And they go, why don't we sneak into his thing? And then they start, treat, uh, they engorge themselves on all of his stuff inside of his cave. Uh, they steal his cheeses and his livestock. Odysseus refuses, wanting to meet their owner first before they eat stuff. Bear in mind, they're very hungry, but... And they wait for him, and they decide to hide when he comes in and he finishes his chores. But his men started eating all the stuff. And as we talk about hospitality, right? So this is a continuing theme throughout the Odyssey, right? And um, the thing is with this, we... Uh, yeah, so it's really rude to come to someone's house and eat their stuff. That's like, that's like maximum impiety as well. Mm. Okay. So the Cyclops, who owns the cave, was called Polyphemus. And he notices them and asks who they are. And this is the first time we see Odysseus being really cunning. Because Odysseus introduces themselves and asks for any help he can provide, uh, wanting not to offend Zeus, the god of hospitality. He wants to show that he's a god-fearing man and that he uh, he cares about the hospitality. Why is Zeus the god of hospitality? God knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it, that's a big irony, isn't it? But I think Athena should really be it because she's mm. like nice. He knows he's a bit into trouble here because when he says we are, we we care for the gods and the rights of the gods. We just want to have some humble hospitality. And Polyphemus, this brutish man, laughs in their face. He ridicules the ideas. I do not care about the gods. I am my own man. And what he does, he grabs one of the men, bashes his head on the floor and eats him. And they kind of knew they were kind of uh, in shit street here. So Polyphemus, he, instead, he asks where Odysseus' ship is. And the crafty leader lies and says, oh, it was wrecked uh, and that these group of people are my only survivors. Which is really clever because it means that he's not endangering the rest of the crew. Polyphemus grabs another further two of his men, beats them dead and eats them whole while the other men watch, powerless. Polyphemus then goes into sleep into his doorway, preventing from Odysseus from killing him. So uh, this is slightly incorrect. What he does it, for his cave, he has a massive boulder and he seals it up, right? And some, uh, these tiny men can't move it. So uh, they can't kill Polyphemus whilst he's sleeping because he, or else they'll be trapped in there forever, right? Oh, I see, yeah. So they can't kill him, but they have to survive the situation, yeah. right? So he drinks a lot of wine and falls asleep. In the morning, Polyphemus eats more men, so there's not that many left, then leaves and blocks the cage entrance with a large stone. Odysseus hatches a plan to defeat Polyphemus. 
he chops a six-foot section out of Polyphemus' large club, and then, uh, with the help of his men, he sharpens it as much as possible. Uh, so he has a sharp stick. And finally, he holds it to the fire to toughen it as much as possible, knowing that Polyphemus is going to be back uh, later on that night. At night, Polyphemus returns and eats two more men, and Odysseus takes it a bit of a change of pace. Here's where the cunning lies. Odysseus offers him some of his own uh, wine. He brought some wine from the ship as offering as, a, as an offering to the guests. Mm. Like 12 crates of lot wine. So wine has some of this beautiful wine. And Polyphemus is like, ah, brilliant. Uh, starts, he gets hammered, right? Properly hammered. And Polyphemus asks for Odysseus's name. Do you know what Odysseus says, Dan? Says nobody. You just read ahead, didn't yeah. you? But do you know why he says that? No. He goes, my name is nobody. And he goes, well, nobody's a bit of a weird name, but, you know, I don't really care. I'm going to be eating you soon. Uh, but he says, uh, Odysseus, because you are such a lovely and humble... Well, nobody, since you're such a lovely, humble leader, I'm going to eat you last. <laughs> so he, he, he's kind of a ghoulish, brewish man, you know, and he's not very nice. But they force him more and more wine upon him. But Polyphemus falls asleep drunk in an absolute stupor. And this is when Odysseus strikes. Odysseus and four of his men reheat the spike to get as hot as possible uh, in the fire. And what they do, with all the strength of his men, they lift it up and stick it into the Cyclops' one eye. There's blood everywhere. Blah, blah, blah. And he's blinded. Do you know why they've done this, Dan? Because now he can't see. He can't see, uh, but it means that he's still able to go outside. Yes, uh, yeah, uh, open and close the... He's not. He's less of a threat now. Yeah. I mean, still quite, he's a massive giant man. So they blind him, and he howls for his fellow Cyclopes, uh, who come into the safe and ask him for help. Uh, and he's obviously in a massive distress, and all of his buddies come along, and he's like, Oh, um, excuse me, do you, uh, as I, oh my god, what's happened to you? Or what, what, or what's ha- who did this? Who did this to you? He goes, Oh, uh, it was nobody! Nobody did this! And I was like, are you? Oh, I'm sorry, I guess we'll go then. And so... Odysseus played the trick on him because yeah. Yeah, they all hit as well so uh, it looks like he just did it to himself the other Cyclops believes he meant nobody had ruined him and they leave telling him to pray to his father Poseidon now Dan do you know the significance of him his father being Poseidon yeah because it means Poseidon's not happy with him, his son being blinded which yeah. means that that is why Poseidon is the only god that doesn't like because we uh, tell uh, tell the podcasters in the past uh, what we've seen why Poseidon doesn't like Poseidon him. all the gods want to help Odysseus except for Poseidon who keeps trying to drown him in storms yes and stuff. storms and like uh, he's he, determined not to get him home to yeah, that, yeah. He, he hates him with passion and this is one of the reasons why as well the main reasons yeah. that and the fact he sided with Troy right Poseidon helped Troy yeah, yeah. but that's less of a reason but this is because he's hurting one of his own if yeah. you know what I mean Polyphemus opens the cave door hoping to catch anyone who tries to escape Odysseus comes up with another idea. He ties the rams in the cave together and creates a sling under each ram in which the men can ride. By ram it means sheep. So basically they hide in the, uh, underneath the sheep. So well, I think that was pretty obvious, wasn't it? I don't know. I, don't, uh, I wouldn't guess ram. I would have guessed. He ties like, the rams in the cave. But in my head, a ram's like a, you know, like a, you know, like, like the things you break down doors with, like you ram it open. Oh, okay. Around. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because I'm a bit mental though, so. They stay in their ram carriages until morning. When Polyphemus lets the rams pass through the entrance, Odysseus's ram, the leader, goes past, and Polyphemus asks why it is not in its customary leading position. Once they are in the clear, the men drop out of their slings and drive the rams into their ship. 
Slave on the sea again. Odysseus shouts oh. insults at Polyphemus. So basically, they're they're hiding under the sheep. So that the, he, when he's feeling the sheep, he can't yeah, yes. them in. So, he, so, so he's, he knows the pimentel in there. So he's trying to catch him out. Isn't yeah. it? But we see Polyphemus is quite a sad image here because he's blind and he's talking to a sheep as well. It's like, oh, why aren't you in customary position? He's like, he's like, he's gone through a horrible. He's a horrible person, but he's gone through a horrible ordeal. Yeah. This is another instance of like. Morality in people, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like he's a bad person who's had a bad thing done to him, but does that make it better, if you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, what else happens, Dan? Uh, so on the sea again, Odysseus shouts insults, uh, shouts insults to Polyphemus. What kind of things would you shout? Pretend I'm Polyphemus and uh, you're Odysseus on the ship. I'd say... Because you're at safe distance now. Yeah. Or so you think. Uh, I'd say, hey, Polyphemus, I met a nice Cyclops girl the other day. I thought I'd see you up on a blind date. <laughs> <laughs> stuff, stuff like that. That's so not where I was thinking it was gonna go. <laughs> Give me some more. Oh, that uh, this island isn't very. The views on this island aren't great. They're a bit of an eyesore. You're blind. <laughs> those, those are the kind of jokes I would use. But do you reckon that this is trying to like uh, show off to his men? Like. I've got some puns here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. is that? Is that? So Pol- Odysseus shouts insults to Polyphemus from the shore. Polyphemus breaks off a hilltop and throws it near the ship, tossing it off balance with a giant wave. Despite the pleas of his crew not to give away their position by again taunting Polyphemus, Odysseus gives the Cyclops the name and homeland of the men who blinded him. <laughs> Prome- does the exact opposite, basically. Yeah, so I am. Uh, what voice should, does Odysseus have? I am Odysseus, yeah. and I am from Ith- King of Ithaca, and it's I who blinded you. Yeah. you and Jerry, and Dave, <laughs> Dave and from Rob, accounting, yeah, and Robbo. Yeah. <laughs> Odysseus, don't, don't, give our, don't give our position away. Espe- especially Robbo, he's a me- mental, this guy. He's from Pussyland. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, uh, sorry, that's really premature. Polyphemus says he was once given a prophecy that someone named Odysseus, presumably a giant, would blind him. Now he asks Odysseus to come back, as he will treat him well and pray for him to his father, Poseidon. But obviously, so what he's doing here is, obviously, so he threw off that the whole top. But Odysseus has been really boastful here. That if he truly cared about his men, he would leave. Yeah. But he's actually here boasting. He's, as we talked about with the Iliad, his Kleos, he's trying to get his legacy out there. So it's like, I'm the one who blinded you, you know. Yeah, tell everyone I blinded you. And it's... This is his ego talking at this point, and this is very rare we see it, but it's him being a bit of a dick. And uh, obviously, um, Polyphemus wants him to come back. It's like, this is another wash your feet moment. Mm. But... Odysseus rejects his offer, and Polyphemus prays to Poseidon that Odysseus lose his companions and never return home. Immediately, Poseidon sends a huge stone that nearly hits the ship, nearly being the important word, because Poseidon's name is crap. <laughs> the crew rushes to meet his waiting fleet, and the men make a sacrificial offering to the rams of Zeus. However, Zeus has destruction and death in mind for the unwitting men. They feast that day, and the next morning, they continue on their journey home. So, that is the end of that book. However, we wanted to talk more about Polyphemus, because Polyphemus, though he's quite a brutish character here, he actually has quite a large uh, uh, mythological background, doesn't he, Dan? He does. He's in all the myths. In every single myth. He's in every single myth. If, if we, I'm not sure if... Yeah, we, he's actually... In the past 53 episodes, he's appeared in the background for all of them. You know, like uh, with Pygmalion. He's just there, uh, like, just waving that little uh, statues and stuff like that. Through lots of different iterations, like... Uh, so we, we see... Um, we see Polyphemus in loads of different ways. So he's actually portrayed... In, uh, 
in this instance, he's shown quite bad, uh, and he does appear in the, uh, need as well, uh, as also quite a blind Cyclops. Um, however, uh, we will talk about that in, we won't talk about that now, we'll talk about it in a future episode. Uh, but with Polyphemus, he, he actually is a bit of a sweeter soul, and for example, in uh, Theocritus' work, he does something called Idyll, and um, he talks about... Um, this uh, talks about uh, Polyphemus actually being a poet and a singer, and basically uh, uh, in this one of his idylls, Polyphemus is a young herdsman finding solace in song for his love of a sea nymph called Galatea. It just centres on the anatomies of earth and water that make them dissimilar, but keep them apart. Uh, but it concludes on the thought that there are other girls who are on land who might find them attractive. So. This is a big step in the other direction, isn't it, Dan? It is. Basically, like, uh, from this guy who's been eating men and being horrible, he's also a poet. <laughs> His backstory is that he's what a poet. Type, what kind of poetry would he write? Well, he ta- well, as I mentioned, he talks about like the earth and water and how many uh, how girls don't really like him that much. But there's other girls who might like him. Holy are shit. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, I do talk. I am blind wow. one eye. <laughs> I was like, is he gonna, how long is he going to keep talking about this before he realises the irony? <laughs> wow. Wow, I didn't, that's, a, that's a harsh truth bomb. That's a half truth bomb. Wow. wow, the closest person in these myths to Matt is the ugly <laughs> giant Polyphemus. He didn't say he was ugly, could he really? No, nah, he is though, it's implied, isn't it? He kind of needs a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we also want to give you quickly the, uh, the myth of Polyphemus and Galatea. Well, uh, and also we'll give a slight bit of his background as well. So, who was his mum? His mum was Thusa. Thusa, and his obviously dad was Poseidon. Oh, obviously. Uh, Thusa was a sea nymph who had an affair with Poseidon and gave birth to Polyphemus. She was known for creating dangerously swift currents in the ocean and was described as being a mermaid like creature. Instead of the legs, she had a tail as a fish, but the upper half resembled a human. Ah, so Poseidon got it on with a fish vagina. <laughs> That's all I'm hearing from that. Are you well? <laughs> so Thusa the sea nymph had an affair with Poseidon. But this is, we're going to talk about Polyphemus uh, being unrequited love. Again, it's talking more and more like that. <laughs> <laughs> so legends say that Polyphemus fell in love with Galatea, a sea nymph. Now, do you, rem- you recognise the term Galatea, Dan? I do. It's the person, I know this because I was smashing some wee books during this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you, uh, it's the, only because I told you this earlier, about Yeah, it's uh, so Gal- from Pygmalion. Yeah, she her, well, it's not the same person, but Galatea is the name of the model they used. Yeah. Some indicate that his love for her went unnoticed, while others say that his courtship was successful. In a dialogue of Lucian of Samoseta, we learn that Doris, a sister of Galatea, was jealous of her sister's happy love story. I think the main story is that Galatea um, didn't fancy him, but he really fancied her back. Okay. But so it's very on, on that horse. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Galatea admits to her that she doesn't really love the giant, but instead uh, instead entered a relationship as she enjoyed being the one that he chose. So she Weird. likes the attention. She likes the attention. She's like, oh, I don't fancy him, but hey, I like the idea that he likes me. Yeah, which very, very matters. <laughs> Again, sources are a bit contradictory, but it's said that Polyphemus and Galatea had a son named Galatos. Uh, others say that they had three children, Gallus, Celtus, and Illyrius. All sources say that they had. Um, all sources say that from their offspring, the, the Celts descended. Oh, you learn something new every day. But those are all kind of side stories. Here's the main, the main, uh, the canon story. 
tells her, um, later years of Polyphemus' relationship with Galatea, they did not really, she did not really love the giant, and she actually had an affair with Achis. And she's, on one night, goes to see Achis, and goes, oh, Polyphemus, I'm just going to go and see some friends for a bit. But Polyphemus is suspicious. It's unrequited love is building up inside of him. He's a poet at heart, but, you know... He doesn't know how to express it. He doesn't know... How, All he, he knows is how to herd goats, and... And yeah, he's, drink wine. Yeah, yeah. He's very. Uh, it's in pastoral images of this man before him, but this is his turning point. So she goes to be with Achis in the night uh, by a lake. It's very romantic. Moonlight shines down on them, making out, doing sex. But Polyphemus, he went to sneak up on them, and he found Achis with Galatea. And Polyphemus crushes Achis with a massive rock in a uh, fit of rage. Galatea flees, but returns to transform Achis' spirit. Into the spirit of the Sicilian river. So, Achis dies, but Galatea turns him into a river. So, yeah, um, so he is an angry man, you know. He's this an is angry a, man. This I is a turning point, point, you know. Well, I don't for that story from actually. Yeah, well, well no, I do, because he, he just believes that he's in love with this girl, and he doesn't know that actually she's just with him for the attention. Anyway, time to rank this mother. Daniel Rodzian. Uh, so every episode, we like to rank it out of We do. Uh, this time we're going to rank it out of 500. Okay. But the same category. Same but, categories. But, like, only out of 10. So we've got first category is skills life. <laughs> this is actually confusing. Life skills, practical things. Yeah. Um, Laura Marity. Honestly, I'm going to squeeze your throat. <laughs> A weird way of saying you're going to strangle someone. <laughs> but how did I say it? If he's pregnant? <laughs> uh, Bake someone in someone's stomach. Yeah, baking a kid in someone's stomach, I think he said. Um, <laughs> yeah, life skills, morality, creativity, and WTF factor. So, life skills out of 10, what have we learned what practically? I feel like we learn a lot, by the way. Okay, we learned how to uh, blind we, someone. We learned how to blind someone. We learned how to strap sheep together and hide under them. Yeah, we learned how to throw a rock. We learned how to, throw, we learned how to move a boulder. How to boast. How to boast. We learned how to sharpen a massive six-foot stick. Yeah, we learned how to eat cheese uh, and eat drink wine. Also, um, how to be hospi- hospitable. Yeah, we learned how to make puns. <laughs> yeah, how to smack talk. How to smack talk. Uh, we learn uh, how to not deal with a breakup. Yeah, we learn how to murder people and a lot eat of people, people. A lot of a lot of murdering. A lot of murdering. How to be impious. Yeah, we learn how to. I have to be the moral compass in this, Dan. We learn how to not listen to your friends when they tell you to shut the fuck up. Yeah, and I will learn how to be deceiving. You know, not like... deceiving. Yeah, I'm gonna say deceptive. I have six or seven. You get a felt tip pen out. I think six. I think a six. I think that's pretty fair. Why are always sixes these, like, um... Well, I don't know. Is it too crazy, though? Oh, wait, wait, hold on. One sec. Before we do that, lotus eaters. We forgot about lotus eaters. Did we learn that much, though? Learn how to eat lotus. Learn how That's to do escape. drugs on. Yeah, do drugs. Would you like to bring it up to a seven, then? Uh, is it, though? Um, has that really changed? Is it more than a six, though? No. I think it's above average, but It's above more. average, but not crazy. Six. Six is good. Morals. Uh, the things we learn, which can uh, make our lives better. Uh, don't... But learn how to uh, don't endanger your men uh, if you're like just for the sake of your own ego. Yeah, because he he boasts. Uh, don't eat, don't rob don't eat loads of someone's food. Uh, yeah, don't don't be uh, don't be rude like that. Don't want someone to eat their stuff. Um, I guess 
be be tactical in how you approach them. Because if yeah. he, if they just murder Polyphemus, then they would, would, would die. You know what I mean? Yeah. So be thoughtful about your actions. I guess. Don't eat someone's friends because they might retaliate and kill you. Yeah, so that's behind you. I, I I guess don't uh, don't eat stuff where you don't know what it is, like lotus. Like you might be stuck there for days. Yeah, that's true. Don't do don't, don't, don't do, do drugs. Do. Don't do drugs. Uh, this is a message by Frank. Um, I want to email Frank because one of my friends lied about saying they did heroin when they were 14 years old. I was like, oh, I should really be there for her. And they're like, she probably hasn't done it, mate. <laughs> Their advice was take her to the cinema. And I was like, that's a terrible... Like, it's not bad advice, but it's not good advice. Yeah, get overdoses in cinema because... <laughs> um, what else? That was a weird thing to remember. That was a weird thing to remember. Uh, what about... Uh, I don't know morality there's not much, not much uh, yeah, let's think about Galatea uh, Galatea oh well we learned how don't to... use someone's love yeah to yeah because yeah, it's very unhealthy that relationship yeah. also don't cheat on someone don't cheat on someone don't I think that, that end bit actually raises up quite significantly so maybe a 6 or a 7 I think a 6 so it's not a 6 if yeah, 5 yeah. was a 6 then yeah for sure clear okay big guns here Firstly, the whole myth itself is quite original. We see yes. Polyphemus is like the fact that he um, is able to deceive the monster in a way that benefits his men. Yeah, uh, it's, it's quite brutal as well. But on top of that, the most creative thing of it is how there's different iterations of Polyphemus throughout life as well. There's the pastoral version. That's their own quite a lover. Then there's the brute. Yes. Yeah, you know I mean, and it's all the same person as well. Um, I like the imagery of him like sneaking into his cave and him closing the boulder and then having to, oh, shit, we got to kill him with boulders. Also, the, the idea of everything's a lot bigger as well, like the yeah. ramside things and the creativity of Odysseus thinking on his feet as well. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think this is. Uh, I. I think, I think also we've got gods in there the uh, lotus eaters I found quite creative uh, the galatea as well galatea uh, yeah uh, the fact that he turns into a spring at the end uh, I I also think that I'm actually I think this is a really high one actually because I think that there's gods in there there's uh, Polyphemus is trying to deceive him as well the uh, whole thing about how by Poseidon hates him the fact that he's even bought this, this like, is he's the, this is kid this adventure is the crux of the Odyssey because this is where a lot of this stuff happens if you know what I mean this the there's so much effects that happen thereafter as well. Also, we also see a difference. Uh, even when he's most brutish, we see Polyphemus as quite a sad moment as well. That like he's talking to his sheep as there is his last solace alive. Yeah. You know I mean, they're the only things that he cares about in his life anymore. Yeah. I'm going to say 9 out of 10. Yeah, I'll give you that. 10? I'll give you a 9. 1 out of 10. What, what? Not a 10 out of 10. There's just I needed a bit more like character dynamic between characters. Yeah, you know you're right. You're right. You're right. But I think nine's fair. I think yeah, nine's all right. WTF? Okay, so eating the men. Eating of the men. Going to someone's house without being invited. Going to someone's house without being invited. Being a cyclops in general. That's pretty WTF. Blinding someone. Blinding someone. That's really horrible. Uh, Uh, I guess uh, murdering someone with a rock. The lover. Murdering someone with a rock. Yeah. Um, Just. In general, like the fact that he was born of a mermaid Poseidon thing. Yeah. I don't really know the genetics behind that, how that would make a one-eyed giant, but... Don't ask. Um, the fact that Galatea um, was using him, that's pretty messed up. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. all that's, that relationship stuff is pretty messy. So there's gore, there's relationship stuff. Or the fact that Lotus Heat has imprisoned people with drugs yeah. as well. Um I, so it's not as gory. I think it's quite gory because we like, didn't go into details. But like stuff like 
um, the killing of the men. It's very, like watching your men die in front of you. Yeah, uh, it's quite. And also him lying to his friends and how he's deceived and how. Uh, and and also what's messed up is how Odysseus is trying to brag at the end as well. It's really out of character of him yes, as well. Yes, that's true. Actually. I'm gonna say I have a eight or a nine here. Oh really? See, I was gonna get like a seven. But I think it's quite brutal though. Like a blind, it is brutal. Gouging someone's eye out, man. Yeah, it is and also bad. like crushing someone with a rock because I'm quite love. But also, there's like, different it, levels. Like the, the relationship unhealthy. If you don't mean. That's true. Do you That's know what I mean? I'll give it an eight. I'll go as far as an eight. Why not a nine though? I really don't think it's a nine. For a nine, you need. I think for a nine or ten, it has to be a lot of different types of weird. It needs to be a bit of gore, a bit of. A bit of relationship, it needs to be a bit of like different types of creatures, it needs to be a bit of just a whole like different layers. And I don't think this really had more layers than just a weird guy in a cave. But I get it was gouging. I know, but that's still under the same layer of like violence. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I think, okay, maybe the fact that he went from being a a lovely poetic farmer to being a murderer. Do you know what I mean? I think that transition, you know what I mean? Yeah, still think it's an eight. Eight, let's go for eight. Boom. Let's add it up. 6 plus 6 plus 9 plus 8. I didn't actually add anything there. So 29? 29, yeah. That's decent. 29, that's not bad. 1 less than 30. 3 less than the top one at 32. 50 plus 4. Alright, Daniel. Uh, well, did you enjoy that one? I did enjoy that, yes. So you've never heard that story before? Never heard that story before. Man, that's such a famous myth, man. Mm. That's honestly... The re- as you can probably tell, I've got very incensed in that. Like, uh, this is like my I love Polyphemus. In fact, I've been thinking about doing this episode for uh, since we saw it. I've been thinking about how to do this episode. Uh, I love Polyphemus. I'm genuinely fascinated by him as well because I think that narrative. I think we find out why you're fascinated by him. Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you. Um, I no, that was good. I mean, it. I mean. Everything I knew about Cyclops, though, actually basically was this story. Because every cartoon Cyclops or every like story about Cyclops is they all are like, these guys that live in a cave and talk like this. I want to eat you. Uh-huh. Me a Cyclops. And then they're like stupid and they like eat people. So it was basically, it was yeah, basically that. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Uh, well, you know, um, <laughs> I think we should compare Polyphemus poetry with my own poetry and see if it matches. Yeah, it? I'm sure it does. It's word for word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, Daniel, uh, uh, we're going to quickly bash out the social media stuff. So if you guys want to get in touch with us, please email us at mythpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at mythpodcast on both Facebook and Twitter. And you can join the Facebook fan group at Misfits, uh, the Misfits, uh, Miss Podcast Fan Club. Just type it in, you'll find us. Join us, and we'll be putting the poll on there as well. So if you think my hair was too long for a relationship, um, please get in touch. Also, please get in touch. (laughs) Please be as brutal as possible. It really helps. It really helps. Gets my ego down. Yeah, it really helps my sleep at night. <laughs> I will not stop thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, what other stuff can people do, Dan? Um, give five stars on iTunes, please, um, and tell a friend. And also, if you can, why don't you give us a donation on our Patreon, either one, uh, once every week, or give us a one-off donation at Kofi. All that is in the uh, episode description. You don't have to, but it would be great to have you donate. All right, Dan. Uh, so, sh- well, should I finish with reading out my poetry? Yeah, yeah. You, you do a do a, do a quick poem about um, about Polyphemus. About Polyphemus and, and your relationship. Why you think you're similar? Well, I, I can't really riff a poem. Uh, maybe like no. Let's, let's go. For, uh, I can't think of something. Rose are red, violets are blue. Polyphemus was a loser, and you are too. 
Alright, I'll try the same thing. Roses are red, violets are blue. WHY DON'T YOU LOVE ME?! It's <laughs> <laughs> actually one of your best-selling poems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one's brought it, but it's... <laughs> it's a best-selling poem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other ones were stolen. Minus poems. Alright, thank you so much for listening. We love you all. See you guys soon. Love you. Bye! Sniffed a fish vagina, would you just be like, oh, that smells of vagina? Oh, wow, that's the weirdest question to ask on this podcast. Because <laughs> it smells fishy. Anyway, carry on. No, I got it, Dan. Got it. it was okay, genuinely quite gross. Okay, I didn't know if you got it. Oh, we all got it, Dan. We just didn't laugh because we don't want to appropriate that behaviour on this podcast. <laughs> By a lake, it's very romantic. Moonlight shines down on them, making out, doing sex. It smells like fishy vagina. <laughs> And then, because yeah, he's, he's, his mum is a mermaid, he's actually got like a fish penis. I'm definitely cutting all this out, by the way. <laughs>